Hi, I'm Shannon Kim, and this is the Coop Scoop podcast channel, where we explore the overlooked and often secret sides of history and society. So today's topic is actually going to be about museums. So let's start off by asking yourself a question. What stands out to you when you usually stroll through your local science museum? Is it the towering skeletons of dinosaur displays? Or maybe it's the breathtakingly accurate space exhibit. So the Denver Museum of Nature and Science is actually the only nationally recognized museum to exhibit life-size nature panoramas of wildlife seen in Colorado's environment. If you actually visit the museum, you'll see an array of beautiful scenes depicting wildcats to blue jays. It's honestly really extremely interesting to browse through until you reach Crane Hall. So basically, Mr. and Mrs. Crane were an old couple in the 1960s who had a super profound interest in Native American objects. And once they grew old and, you know, obviously realized that they do not have the capacity and space to keep all of these objects, they donated it all to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, hence the name Crane Hall. This part of the museum is actually solely dedicated to depicting Native American life and conserved artifacts that they used in their time. Some say that this is extremely informative in the sense of celebrating cultures and the lives of the indigenous. But others actually see this as highly offensive to all peoples of native descent. Why is it that the indigenous people are always put on display? It's honestly really unlikely you'll see a whole museum hall dedicated to the lives and cultures of an Englishman or a German family. So why indigenous people? What's even more upsetting is that this hall has been placed right next to the wildlife panoramas, which hints at grouping wildlife animals and Native Americans under the same classification. So if you actually visit the museum and you actually get the chance to walk through Crane Hall, you'll notice this clay model of a ritual Native American ceremony. It's really extremely detailed down to each curve of the figure and is can be admired for its super intricate work. However, if you look super closely, there are actually two figures that don't really appear to belong in the scene. If you look closely in the bottom left, two clay figures depicting white women actually appear to partake in the panorama. So background, the two artists who modeled the scene actually inserted themselves into their own work. Perhaps as their way of signing their own artwork in a way. Some people see this as a harmless inclusion, but others see this as terribly disrespectful. Like, what need was there to put two white women in a scene of indigenous ritual, considering the extensive wrongdoings of the white man against the native people? Steve Nash, a curator and head anthropologist at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, counteracted this by saying that this was 
their way of hinting at some sort of comedic gesture in a way. In other clay models, if you go through the whole museum, you can see that artists have inserted their own mark into their projects, such as adding minion figures or other clay animated cartoons. I, however, do not think that this is a valid point at all. Minions are fictional characters created for sole entertainment purposes in the film industry. But tainting a breathtaking ritual scenario in which two figures that have done nothing but exposed violence and harm to the ritual's community is really off-putting and almost taunting in the sense, if you ask me. So there actually is talk of replacing the entire crane hall with a different kind of exhibit, but it is still highly debated. They are wondering should it stay focused on Native American heritage, but just remodeled in a less offensive manner, or should it be completely torn down and, you know, replaced with something completely new. So this is obviously an example of underlying museum racism. So to dismantle this racist and oppressive nature of museum education, the first step is to define and recognize it. Racist museum education is one that normalizes the cultures, histories, and work of white people which in return reinforces the ideology of white supremacy. For example, an East Coast Art Museum actually states, the first step is to admit you have a problem. Our board is overwhelmingly white. We hired our first black curator in the museum's 99 year history, only in 2017. And even then, only for a single exhibition. A recent town hall revealed stark differences between staff of color and white staff. Microaggressions are far too regular a reality for staff of color. Recent efforts to diversify our acquisitions and exhibitions have made only a minimal impact on the fact that our permanent collection, exhibition schedule, and social media remains heavily dominated by white artists. So, you know, throughout this whole episode, you might be asking... Why does it even matter that museums acknowledge participation in systematic racism and racist practice? Museums and other cultural organizations need to recognize racist attitudes, policies, and impacts in their own history and practice in order to understand and change them. So by addressing and calling out the ways that white people have ultimately dominated narratives and museums to align with their own thinking, they can hope to call attention to large ways in which racism, including all forms of heteronormative thinking, manifests even into our daily practices. Museums need to realize that they have been used to tell a single narrative about power history and value shaped by white and patriarchal values. For example, they can ask themselves questions, especially with artifacts. Museum educators can ask whose story is missing? Whose story is prioritized? 
As trusted institutions in society, museums not only have the duty to uphold the societal trust, but also the moral obligation to act as cultural centers of community for and by all. So the next time you actually visit your local museum, you can ask yourself these questions yourself. And that was my take on the underlying racism found in museums today. Thank you for listening. This is Shannon Kim.